Welcome back to another episode of From the Stands. This is Zach, and I'm joined by Tweedledee and Tweedledumbass and Joe. Um, <laughs> I couldn't think of so, I couldn't think of something to go with that to add Joe into that. So I was like, I will just go to two middle guys and then and then hit Joe on the end. Oh, <laughs> uh, we're gonna hop right into the mega moments of the week. And to be honest, it was hard to find them this week. Um, a lot of close games. Not a lot of, like, amazing performances. You actually had some down performances by some guys. But I am going to start, and my mega moment of the week is the New York Giants and Tommy D throwing three TDs, no picks, um, against the Washington Commanders who started the season pretty hot and are now, a f- they fall a 4-7, and seven, I believe, after that loss. Bad day for Sam Howell, yes, but a, just a good day for the Giants all around. Tommy DeVito threw the rock well. Saquon played pretty well. Their receivers played well. The defense played well. Uh, it looked like Brian Dayball had got his guys rallied, and they were really ready to play some football. Um, and it's just a good thing to see. You know, they've been riddled with some injuries. Didn't have a good O-line to start the season to begin with. Um, and then, you know, Danny Dimes getting literally pounded in the pocket. Um goes out with an injury then Tyrod Taylor I feel for my dude man I the guy has just been one of the unluckiest guys I've ever seen with injuries um goes down so they're on their third string quarterback but they get it done against a division rival and that gives the New York Giants something to cheer about this week being my mega moment of the week now I couldn't find much either I did think about taking Jaden Daniels but at this point, it's what I expect from him. So he also played Georgia State. So I didn't. I didn't want to double down this week. So I went to college basketball. I got the Bryant Bulldogs. They play basketball in a conference with Vermont, <laughs> Vermont, and Binghamton. If if you don't know where that is, it's in New York. And they go into Florida Atlantic, or they go up against Florida Atlantic, twenty-two and a half point underdogs. And they beat the number one, the number ten team in the country. It's the first ranked win that they have ever had in program history. Um, I don't know anything else about them except they just beat a top ten team and they play basically D two basketball. So that is my mega moment of little the golf week. clap for Bryant. Little golf clap for Bryant. Real good job, Bryant. Real good job, Bryant. All right, Jack. Uh, my mega moment of the week is kind of a string of weeks, but it has just kind of culminated into this week for me. My mega moment of the week is a team, and that team is Iowa. Iowa has hit six straight unders, being a mega moment for betters all around the world. They they have one. What is it? They're nine and two. They should be ten and one if it wasn't for a horrible fair catch call against Minnesota. And they are continuing to hit the unders week after week after week after week. And they're playing Nebraska this week, and I can. Almost guarantee. Almost guarantee that they're probably going under. So my mega moment is Iowa for continuing to hit the under week after week. Money for all of you guys. That's right. Betting on that around the world. Joseph, what do we got? Yeah, Iowa better watch out. They got Chubba Purdy running after him this week. <laughs> but with my mega moment, I'm going back to the NFL, the pro foosball. And I'm going to my Green Bay Packers and more specific, not mine, the Green Bay Packers and more specifically Jordan Love, the first 300-yard game of his career. He absolutely balled out against Brandon Staley, the defensive-minded coach, in his shitty-ass defense. Bottom but five <clears throat> defense in the NFL. He was able to keep pace with Justin Herbert, who many people think is a – some people think is a top-five quarterback in the league. I think on a different team he might be. And fun fact about Jordan Love now – he now has five times the number of multi-touchdown games as Kenny Pickett does in his very short career. So that's just a fun fact. <laughs> All right. So some good mega moments this week. We had to dig for those, but we found a few good ones. With the good, you always got to have the bad and the ugly, and that is what this next segment is for. You saw the good. You saw the great. You saw the mega moments. Now it's time for those mid moments, those bad moments, those you stink moments, those screaming at your TV moments, those my team is fucking ass moments, and we got them for you. Joe, lead us off with your mid moment of the week. Well, my last point leads me right into my mid moment of the week. We got Kenny Pickett and the suck-ass <laughs> Pittsburgh Steelers as the mid moment of the week. You go against... The Cleveland Browns with 
the guy who I keep calling Donovan Peoples Jones. I don't know his, what's his real name. Dorian Dor- Thompson. Robinson. Dorian Thompson Robinson. I keep calling him Dorian Finney Smith. So. DTR. 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 And his, I think this is his first start because the first game, second start because he started against the Ravens earlier in the year. Or against, I thought he came in as, I don't think he started that game. He did he start? I think he did. Oh, I can't remember. He definitely did because you were able okay. to bet on his interception. Well, we'll give him. Second start doesn't okay, well, matter. Anyways, the first one, if he did start, was a last-minute decision because that was when Deshaun Watson was going back and forth yes. on whether he was going to come out or not. Yes. So he was – I'll give him he was prepared for this game, but there's no excuse for why this rookie fifth-round pick – Fifth or sixth. Yeah. Fifth or sixth-round pick should be outplaying Kenny Pickett, who's a first-round talent. Kenny Two Gloves. Najee <laughs> Harris sucks balls. He's slow as shit. <laughs> we have yet to have a 400-yard game in – I think it's getting close to 60 games now. Are and you our, talking about total offense? Yeah, total offense. Holy shit. Last I checked, it was 53, but that was like four weeks ago. That makes me even more mad to be a Falcons fan. And then, to make matters worse, we are now currently ranked 28th in total points per game. We were averaging 16.5 points per game this season. Who's worse? The Giants. The only teams that are worse are Carolina, the Jets, the Patriots, and the Giants. (laughs) And you're still in the playoff hunt. Yeah. If we make the playoffs, we'll be a first-round exit guaranteed. The Steelers are suck. They're suck ass. Matt Canada sucks ass. Mike Tomlin sucks ass. The whole team sucks ass. That's my mid moment of the week. All right, Jack. What do we got? <laughs> well, the NBA doesn't get a lot of it doesn't get as much talk as sometimes it should here on the couch. So um, casting couch. Yeah. <laughs> so we're gonna shift gears over to the NBA for a second. Okay. A team that not many thought was we're going to be like a playoff contender, a true playoff contender, but what some thought could be a play-in team. Just because of the sheer amount of young talent that they have, they acquired some guys this offseason. The Detroit Pistons have oh. lost 11 games in a row. <laughs> starting starting a season 1-2 and two, oh. and then losing 11 <laughs> games in a row is absolutely unexcusable. It is ridiculous. Monty, their coach is uh, Monty Williams right now, I think. Is it really? I think. Or Nick... No, Nick Nurse. Nick Nurse is with Philly, right? Mm-hmm. I believe so. Monty it's Monty Williams, Williams. Did go. So Monty Williams is the head coach of the Detroit Pistons, and his decision was that we don't want to start our top five pick in Jay Nivey. We want to bring him off the bench, and we want to start Killian Hayes because we want to set a defensive presence. Killian Hayes might be the worst starter in NBA history. He is awful. He is a negative offensive weapon he literally is a black hole on offense he brings no value on the offensive side of the ball tell us how you really feel on the defensive side of the ball he's solid he's great but clearly it's not working make the change put Jaden Ivey in the starting lineup forget the defensive mindset and go ahead and win some basketball games start Jaden Ivey bench Killian Hayes win games so Monty Williams might have been the problem in Phoenix um even Cade Cunningham was like we're bad we're pretty bad Lance Mid-moment. Let's hear it. This one actually does bring me some joy as an LSU fan. Um, (laughs) But it brings back... It gives me PTSD. It brings back bad memories. My mid-moment is the Auburn Tigers. You got a tune-up game before the (laughs) Iron Bowl. Your Super Bowl every year against Alabama. You get a tune-up game beforehand. New Mexico State's coming to town. We're 25-point favorites at home. I know Peyton Thorne sucks, but we should still get a win. You lose by three <laughs> touchdowns, 31-10. to 10. You can't even score more than... You can't even score two touchdowns against a Sunbelt team. It's one of those games where you invite all the recruits to watch you beat the shit out of a team. You paid two million, almost $2 million to come play you. I believe they paid them $1.825 million, and I have not seen a loss this bad and then you can't even let the recruits come in to the locker room after the game to converse with the players and like see what Auburn's all about because you got to go cuss out some grown men for playing worse than backyard football. I haven't seen a loss this bad since LSU got beat by Troy in 2017. <clears throat> so that is why Auburn is my mid-moment of the week. All right. Well, if you've watched this podcast for a while, you will know that I am forever and always – a Brandon Staley hater, and we are going to double down on that shit this week. The four and five L.A. Chargers going in to the, at the time, three and six Green Bay Packers. The absolute abysmal Packers. A Packers team that couldn't fucking win if you handed them a dub. 
They had no identity. They had no idea what they were doing. Jordan Love was playing some pretty bad football. People, Packers, fan base was in disarray. Who's our quarterback? What are we going to do? Is it Jordan Love moving forward? We might have to make a change. Oh, Lord, the organization is going down. And then, boom, the Chargers come to town and give the Packers more life. You're four and five. You're still in the hunt somehow at four and five with more talent than most teams can boast in the NFL with Joey Bosa, Derwin James, Khalil Mack, Justin Herbert, Austin Eckler, Keenan Allen, Kenneth Murray, Kenneth Murray, and a first-round pick in Quentin Johnston who has worse butterfingers than a four-year-old. You go in there and you play just a pitiful game on both sides of the ball. Justin Herbert played pretty damn well. Over 300 yards of total offense. Over 70 yards on the ground, two TDs, no picks, and your game plan is not good enough to beat the Aaron Jones's Packers with Jordan Love. It's just absolutely pathetic. Um, I don't know why Brandon Staley still has a job. It, it is beyond me at this point. It makes me mad, honestly, to watch the Chargers. I have liked Herb since he came out of college. I think Austin Eckler is a generational talent with a pass-catching ability. Keenan Allen continues to defy odds at his age and be one of the top receivers in the league year in and year out to play for one of the worst coaches in football and just suck ass. He sucks. He sucks. And it began with the Raiders calling the timeout, wanting to get cute, wanting to get greedy, taking the win, and missing your team in the playoffs. And now you're going to finish under 500 with more talent than most teams have in the NFL. Chargers and Brandon Staley, more importantly, for just being a bad head coach, you are my mid-moment of the week. And if, if we could call it something else, we would, and you would be at the top because that was just piss poor <laughs> to lose to a team three games under 500 when you're still in the playoff hunt in the AFC West. The AFC West, garbage. Absolute garbage. Choke and charge. <laughs> With that being said, we've got another segment. We've got it a little bit more fine-tuned this week, I believe. We were coming into it a little bit new last week. I really like this segment. I think we're going to get it rolling. I think you guys are going to enjoy it. Pretenders versus contenders. We're looking at those teams that maybe had a bad week, that should have had a good one, and we're looking at can they still be contenders? We're looking at some teams that coming into this week didn't look like they had any fire. They come out, they get a big game, they get GBOT, and, and they're rocking and rolling. Lance, give me pretenders versus contenders this week. All right, the first team we got on here is the Miami Heat. Currently fourth place in the Eastern Conference, just behind the Sixers, the Bucks, and the Celtics. I'll start. Pretenders. I love Jimmy. Um, I think Bam is a great player. I think he plays with more heart than a lot of guys do in the NBA. He plays to win, which is not something, surprisingly, that you can say a lot about about a lot of the guys in the league. Um, he plays with heart. Him and Jimmy leave it out on the floor all the time, day in and day out. Um, unfortunately, two guys, especially with some of the other talent and duos that you have in the NBA, cannot carry a team to the chip. They have no other help. You've got Kyle Lowry, who is bottom three in the league in usage as your starting point guard. Tyler Hero looks like he has regressed um, coming off that injury last season. And you're really abysmal at the center position or the four, depending on where you decide to play Bam in any given game. And I think there's just too much talent um, in the league this year, both young and old, and just more talent on on other teams, and I just don't think they're going to be able to get it done, even in the East with the Celtics, Bucks, and Sixers being those top three. Uh, if they played any three of them in a seven-game series right now, I don't think they're losing, and I hate to say it, but Jimmy, Buckets in the Heat, you are pretenders. Um, yeah, I think they're pretenders. Um, I think they, like, hypothetically, yes, with the coaching, uh, with Spolstra, with Butler with Bam, with a hero, all healthy, playing well. They could make a run at a conference championship. Do I think they will? No. Do I think they're NBA title contenders? Absolutely not. Not even a little bit. Um, I don't see this team making any sort of deep playoff push. I think, as, as he said, if you get matched up with the Sixers, the Bucks, the Celtics, you're you're probably getting bounced. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm going to keep it kind of short. Pretenders. I, I don't have a lot of faith in this team. Wow. This is crazy. As an honorary 
Heat fan, <clears throat> an honorary Heat fan, I feel offended. The Heat are absolutely contenders. Every year they are. They've been to two finals in the past five years. How are they not? They got one. They got one of the top three coaches in the NBA, Eric Spolstra. They got Jimmy Butler, who, when it's time to turn it on, unless it's in the finals, he always does. They got Bam Adebayo, who's pretty good. Uh, he's probably how would you rate him? A top five center in the East? In the East, yeah. Top five center in the East, which that's all you got to worry about for the playoffs. If we're if we're considering contenders to get to the finals, yeah, yeah. And they were able to beat much better on paper teams than them last season. Without Tyler Harrow, who they, might have regressed. And they got Kyle Lowry in the locker room giving him yeah, lap. I just think <laughs> they also they also <laughs> lost boost, they, there you go. they also <laughs> lost Struce and they lost um what's Vincent. Gabe Vincent. Gabe Vincent and Caleb Martin is not gonna have the postseason that he did last year. And Kyle Lowry's just But if it were not there. for if it were not for the coaching of that team, nobody would care about any of those guys. Max Struce, Gabe Vincent. That's true. That's Caleb fair. Martin. I just think I also think the East got better. And all those guys that went to, I mean, Max Struess is on the Bulls, right? He's on the Cavs. Or Cavs. Has he done anything? Because yes. I know Gabe he's Vincent. Been, he's been okay, I think. Gabe, Gabe Vincent Vincent's hasn't done the, shit for the Lakers. No, it's just Kyle Lowry is not the Raptors' Kyle Lowry. I mean, Kyle Lowry is like a four-point-a-game point guard. And I think he's literally the, like six a game right now. I think based on the East from last year and the East from this year, the top three seeds in the East all got better. The Celtics got better with Tingus Pingus and the addition of Drew Holiday. The Bucks, the Bucks got better with Dame. And I think the 76ers got better with getting rid of the cancer that is James Harden. And Tyrese, you have you are seeing before our very eyes Tyrese Maxey blossoming into an NBA superstar. The kids got game. I also think that the Knicks are not playing as well as they can. On paper right now, Brunson is a dog. Julius Randle was. I don't know where his game went. He's but back. The last six games, he's been good. His maybe first, it'll come his first back. Six games, he was horrible. The last six games, he's been and good. I think the Cavs are a sneaky good team just with what they have on paper. Darius Garland is a good player. Donovan Mitchell is electric. Mobley and Allen provide you some scoring from the four and five with some good defense. So I think the East is better than it was. Last year, and I think the best teams in the East only got better, and I think the Heat got worse, which is why I got them as pretenders. The Pacers are a good team too right now. I would love to see a Heat uh, Heat Timberwolves finals. I would too. Look, I am a Jimmy. I am a Jimmy fan till the end. I never wish anything good. I never wish anything but good things for Jimmy wherever he's playing. I just think with the additions that the top teams in the East made and the losses. Um, with no additions that the Heat made, it's just going to be too tough for them. Still in the got East. time. They might, what if they get um, Levine? Now we're we're completely different story. Now, completely different story. But we'll have to see. And based on that current team, the current roster, I don't see them being contenders. Struce is averaging 15, 14, 6, and four. By the way, so pretty solid. That's a decent loss. Next team, good Lowry. good team. Been suspect the past few weeks. Washington Huskies currently fourth, fourth. In, in the college football playoff rankings. Mm-hmm. Was that the AP poll? They're fifth in everything. Mm. Yeah, so you got Georgia, Ohio State, State, Michigan, Florida four. State. Yeah, Florida State's four. Unless they released like new ones today. Well, they the are AP. four in AP. Oh, they in jumped AP. in AP this week. Oh, that came out this, uh, yesterday. Fourth in the AP poll, not the college football playoff. My apologies. Number four in the AP poll, Washington. What are so for college? Because we haven't done this with college, I don't think yet. Are we considering a national what? championship contender? Like national, they will play in the national championship. Is making them a contender? Was that the only P- playing in the national championship game or winning a title? Considering okay. where they are at right now, yes. Washington is a. Uh, go ahead. Go ahead. I think they're a contender, and I'll tell you why. I don't think it's because I think they're the best team, but I think situationally they can be a contender. If they, they've already played Oregon once, if they go in and they kill Oregon, let's just say they kill Oregon, um, and they, so they'll jump up to whoever loses the big the big game, whatever the game. Um, I think they could be put in an opportunity to play either a not, a not great Michigan team who's been struggling or a solid Ohio State team who I think they... I don't think they compete against a Georgia. 
Um, but I think they could compete with a Michigan or Ohio State, or especially a Florida State if Florida State does something crazy, right? Like if if Ohio State wins this weekend and then loses to Iowa, Washington jumps to two, Florida State's at three, and then you put whoever at four, right? Whoever of those two teams, and they play no F- and they play FSU, they become a contender instantly because they have they play in uh, Jordan Travis's FSU. So I think they can be a contender. I think they can take on an Ohio State or Michigan um, better than a lot of teams in the country, a lot of teams in the top 10. Um, I think they do better than, like, a Texas, or I think they do better than Alabama against Ohio State or Michigan. Um, So I'll say contender in the sense that I think they are a top four team in the country. I don't like the what-ifs that your argument proposes. There's a lot of shuffling that has to happen inside of the top four for you to think they could be. There's a lot of what ifs They're for them making a natty. I think they are pretenders. Um, I don't think they compete against. May, not compete is a bad word. I don't think they beat any of the team, any of the top three teams right now. Um, they don't have a defense compared to an SEC team or the top two teams in the Big Ten. Ohio State doesn't have an offense though. Yeah, but we have seen so far this year in games like LSU versus Bama, the number one offense in the country, a top offense cannot outplay a really bad defense. Um, and Washington's defense has not is not battle-tested against teams who also have a good defense with a good offense. Um, that Oregon. I also don't think they're going to be Oregon in the Pac-12 champ. I think they got lucky the first time. Maybe not lucky, um, but Dan Lanning coached himself out of that game. Had they kicked two of the three field goals that they had the opportunity to instead of going for it on fourth down, they win that game. Oregon has a better defense. Bo Nix is playing lights out, even though I hate to say it. I don't think they beat. I don't think they win the Pac-12 championship game. Um, even if they win the Pac-12 championship game, I don't think they're not competing against Georgia. Um, and right now it's looking like Washington, if they're in, would be the number four. They're not competing against but Georgia. Before, but that's before Ohio State plays Michigan. One of them is going to drop. So they're either going to play – they're going to play a two or three seed probably. I don't see them beating Georgia, Ohio State, or Michigan. I don't think they – they haven't played a defense as good as any of those three – Georgia is averaging 41 points a game this year. They can put up points. And Ohio State and Michigan can both do something that is going to give Washington fits. Run, run, run. And for that reason, because they are going to have to play one of those three teams more than likely to get into a natty or win a natty, and for the fact that I think Oregon is the better team all around, and Bo Nix is playing with confidence who we've never seen Bo Nix play for, I don't even think they're going to win their own conference. And so I am going to say that the Washington Huskies, who have struggled as of late, I'll say that are going to be con- who, pretenders. I think whoever wins the Pac-12 is a contender. I'll, say, I'll put it that way instead, if that makes it any better. I think both of the teams, if they win the Pac-12, are contenders. Whoever wins is a contender. I think Oregon has the better I would, chance. I, I would even, pick Oregon. I would pick Oregon. Regardless of which one of them wins... I think Oregon, if you take both teams as is right now, no Pac-12 champ. If we were just going straight into the playoffs right now and both had a shot, I think Oregon has a better chance to compete than Washington does because they are a more well-rounded and complete team. So I'm going to say Washington is pretenders. Well, Joe? I think realistically, if you look at the four teams you're talking about, Georgia, Ohio State, um, Michigan, and you said we threw Florida State in there too. They're number Florida State's number four right now technically. Okay, I think they beat. They, I think they could beat two out of the four. So it gives them a fifty percent chance. So you round it up, they're contenders. <laughs> I don't okay, I think right now if they played Florida State, they'd win. And I mean, we saw what happened the last time. Michigan played an underdog team that wears purple. So it's true. Very true. Anything goes. I think they're contenders. I think they would definitely whoop up on Florida State, though. Yeah, that's fair. Just depending on the path. I guess, but if if I'm looking at it, you know, straight up right now, I don't believe so. But go ahead. Next team, the Houston Rockets, currently seventh in the West. 
right out the the top seed in the play in. This one can be. Hey, can we? This can be. Can we all make this one quick. Yeah, pretender. 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 Cool. Move right. on. Dylan Michaels. Brooks is a cunt. They're, they're a cool <laughs> playoff. They're a cool play in team. They could be a cool story, but not a contender. Not a contender. Easy enough. The I would final. Love them to eliminate the Grizzlies. That'd be awesome. <laughs> that would, that would the Grizzlies true. aren't going to make the playoffs. Yeah, no true. shot. <laughs> The final team on here, the Seattle Seahawks, six and four, currently in second place in the NFC West. Now we hold on real quick before I give my take. We did say last week that contenders for us in the NFL are conference championship or greater. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Okay. If we're going by that logic, the Seattle Seahawks are contenders. The NFC is a gauntlet, but the NFL has been crazy this year. There, it's been one of the more unpredictable NFL seasons that we have seen. And if they do not have to play the Eagles before they make the NFC Championship, they have one of the most experienced coaches in the NFL and Pete Carroll. He's got championship pedigree. Geno, if you catch him on a good day, is a good quarterback. It's just dependent upon who you're going to catch. Hopefully, Kenneth Walker isn't done for the season. I didn't see to what extent his injury was, but I don't think it's like season-ending. They've got good receivers in DK and Lockett, and they've got a good defense, which is not something a ton of teams can boast this season. Um, and, they, and they've got some guys who have been there before, like Bobby Wagner, and they've got you know some young rookies like Witherspoon who are just absolutely dogging out. I am going to say, like I said, if they don't have to face the Eagles – I think in a playoff game, they could give the Niners a tough time. I think they've got a chance to beat the Cowboys because we know what the Cowboys do in the playoffs. Um, and then outside of those three teams, any other matchup, I think is a 50-50 matchup at this point based on how the NFL has worked this year. So I'll say that they could be a dark horse contender for the NFC Championship this game given the, the right path to do so. Pretender. Um, Gino got busted up against the Rams. Kenneth Walker has an oblique strain, which will keep him out for a few weeks. Um, I don't. First of all, even if Gino was 100%, I don't trust him to lead any team on a playoff push. Um, I think if they get matched up in the playoffs with any of the following teams, they lose in the first round. The Eagles, the 49ers, the Cowboys, the Lions. Um what? That was like exactly what I was going to say. The four teams. <laughs> yeah, I don't think they could beat any of those teams. Um, I mean, those are pretty much the only four teams they'd be they'd be looking to play. I mean, if they somehow managed their way into a fifth seed and got to play the Buccaneers, the Falcons, or the Saints, they might be able to squeak out. They probably would squeak out a win, but then get probably. stomped in the that's next a, game. That's a dub. They get stomped in the next game by whoever they played, whether that be any of the four teams. I just Somebody's said. getting an absolute gift. Whoever gets I think to play it's gonna be the, the Cowboys, the NFC South winner. It's going to be the Cowboys, I think. Um, Bullshit. So, <laughs> I, I think they're pretenders. I don't see them making any sort of push. I it would be a cool story, but I, I don't see a push coming. I'm on the Jack train on this one. I'm not a big fan of the Seahawks. They don't have very many. I mean, they have a couple impressive wins. The defense is really solid. Yeah, the but offense is just they're impressive. That's the wins. only reason I got them as contenders. Their impressive wins were against the Browns, who started P.J. Walker, and I guess the Commanders, maybe. And they had the Week 2 win against they the, beat Lions the Lions in overtime. Yeah. But they also lost twice to the Rams. They let the Panthers score 27 points on them. And they lost Damn. to the Bengals. They got crushed by the Ravens. So, For against teams that are going to be in the playoffs, they don't have the best, except for the Lions. In a typical NFL year. They don't have the best track record. I would have called them pretenders. This has not been a typical NFL year, and it has seemed like the teams that have defenses that can make plays when it matters are the teams that get wins, and I like Seattle's defense, so that's the only reason I'm giving them a contender nod, again, with the right path. With the right path. All right, next segment. The wide world of sports, there is a lot going on, and it is hard to decipher between all of these guys, right? You've got all these guys talking, um, some talking out of their ass, some talking out of the side of their neck. Some guys are telling you the truth. It's really hard to decipher what is real and what is fake, what is an overreaction, what is 
not needed a reaction, I guess you can put it. I don't know. I got a little, I got a little tripped up on my words there. But that is what we are here to do for you in overreaction, not an overreaction. Lance, what's our first point? The first one, we're going to dive into college football for just a little bit. Bo Nix is the Heisman frontrunner right now. I will start. <clears throat> overreaction. Uh, I... First off, I don't like to say anything nice about any other team in the SEC. Let me let me just be clear about that. No player in the SEC, no coach in the SEC, no team in the SEC. I am a Dogs fan, ride or die. And so I'm never going to say anything nice about somebody we got to play either in the regular season or maybe, you know, in a few SEC championships. What I will say is Jaden Daniels is putting up Caleb Williams numbers from last year. Um, he's doing it on – on both, he's he's doing it in multiple ways uh, through the air and on the ground. He is the only reason that team has any wins this season, um, and he's doing it all in spite of a terrible defense and a very mediocre coach in Brian Kelly. So I am going to say that that is an overreaction. Jane Daniels with an eight touchdown performance this past weekend is my Heisman front runner. You can go first. All right. Well. I actually like Bo Nix, and I think he got that dog in him. But I don't think you can just ignore the stone-cold numbers of the situation. Jaden Daniels is putting up Heisman numbers week in and week out. He's the high-scoring guy. I don't watch him play because I don't watch college football, but from what I hear and what I the highlights I see, he should be the front-runner. Bo Nix, if he... I think if he wins out, which he should, and then, like, crushes Washington in the Big Ten, or not Big Ten, the Pac-12 championship, I think maybe it's, he's got a case. It's going to be hard. But as of right now, it's Jaden Daniels. Um, I don't think it's no reaction at all. I think Bo Nix is the front runner right now, and I think we're getting our numbers really skewed right now because of the way that LSU is playing their games. LSU is playing their games so that Jaden Daniels can be the Heisman winner. They're trying to force him into a Heisman conversation. What did Oregon do with Bo Nix against Arizona State this past weekend? Pulled him after the first half. He played one possession in the second half. Jaden Daniels was on the field until the last snap against Georgia State. Bo Nix threw for 400 yards and six touchdowns in the first half, and then they pulled him. I think we're getting very skewed right now. Bo Nix is playing good football when it matters, and he doesn't have the same counting stats, but he's almost equaling them in almost half the playing time. Jaden Daniels plays through every, unless he's hurt, plays through every game, all the way through. He does not get pulled. Something that we saw with Stetson last year at UGA. How many fourth quarters did you see Stetson playing last year? I will input. Jaden Daniels has... I watch every LSU game for the most part. Jaden Daniels has no choice but to play the entire game, or we will lose most games. He didn't. He didn't. I will admit, the Georgia State game was a little bit of stat padding. That was, it, was, it was all stat padding. But we are currently eight and three, and I'm without Jaden Daniels. We could be six and five, even five and six. I'm not arguing his impact. His impact is there, and you should be starting him. He has no choice but, but to. We can't be going like, he scored eight touchdowns in a game. When if Bo Nix stayed in that game against Arizona State, he legitimately could have scored 10. But you can't take it away from Jaden because they pulled Bo. Now you're giving, now you're saying Bo's incredible because it was in one half and then... No, I'm oh, saying, poor Bo I'm because Bo didn't fair, get the stat hat. But it's not, it's not fair to... To take it away I'm not from the other away. guy. I'm saying it's impressive that Bo Nix is doing it in half the time. It's not fair to say that Jaden Daniels' okay, stats are this you're, much better. You're either. saying Bo Nix has not been pulled after the first half in every game this year. I'm talking about He's, this game in particular. In this game in particular, he was pulled in the first half. But one game against Arizona State should not make his Heisman case. I think you are now giving him a little bit too much credit in the Arizona State game for going, he had six touchdowns. Okay, Jaden played a D1 team in Georgia State. That's a D1 football team. He threw for 412 and four touchdowns the game before that. He threw for 386 and four touchdowns before that. He's playing the whole game. Not against Cal. 
Again, dude, Cal would get beat by almost every SEC team outside of Vanderbilt. You know, they played Auburn earlier in the season. Okay, and Auburn. I'm sorry. Auburn is garbage. Anyway, what I'm saying is is that Bo Nix, if if we're not going just off of counting stats, because counting stats are extremely inflated, especially in a game where you play Georgia State and you score eight touchdowns. Like, that's going to make it... Obviously, it's going to push the Or when the you play a Pac-12 schedule. You, how are you taking that against Bo Nix? Well, but you're... You're taking it away from Jaden because it was Georgia State, but it's okay for Bo Nix. I'm taking when it away he's from putting Georgia up State. Crazy numbers against Cal or I'm, Arizona State or USC or okay. How good has USC been this year? Better. Anyway, it doesn't. It does. It, well, it does matter because you're trying to take it away ignorance. from one player. No, I'm and not. Give, and, and what and you're not give it to the other is that I'm. No, I under. I, I trust me. I can hear. I can understand. What you're trying to do is say, well, bow this, bow that, but then on the opposite side, it's, well, Jaden did the same thing, but... In twice the time. There is no fucking chance that Jaden Daniels has played twice the minutes that Bo Nix has played this year. In twice the time in the most recent game. One game. You're getting... Okay. I'm going to just let you finish because you're spewing shit out of your ass about how Georgia State's... Is bad. Georgia State's bad. It doesn't count because okay. Jaden played the whole game. But Arizona State is also fucking ass. All I'm saying is that our the reason for this question and the reason that Jaden Daniels is being pushed so much is because in the last two games he has 14 touchdowns. That's the reason he's being pushed. So he was dropped all the way down to like eighth in odds three weeks ago. But he's been pushed so far because of these last two weeks. And they've been great weeks. But you can't hold it the same as if he's playing Power 5 schools. Like, yes, he's playing good games, but that's been held against players in the past for not playing the same schedule. And Oregon is a better football team. They have won more games against better okay, teams. Okay, but did we hold that against Caleb Williams last year? No, for but... A three-loss three no. USC team who plays a Pac-12 schedule? No, but it still matters to some avail. It's not like the only thing that matters, but it does matter. Who else was in Heisman contention last year? No one. No one was. Stetson was in it. And Stetson. I will admit this class is better than Duggan and Stetson. Stetson. And Drake May, I think, was. Stetson threw for 4,300 yards, and he was getting taken out of almost every game. And that's why he didn't win. Because he was getting taken out. If he played the full games, that he would have won. Georgia is not has never been set up to have a Heisman winning QB. It's not the kind of ball we play. It's not the kind of ball we play. But I think Anyways. it's very hard to deny a, a guy right now who has three thousand five hundred seventy-seven passing yards to okay. go with one thousand fourteen rushing yards. Yep. One of eleven players to do such in football in college football history. With 46 total TDs and four picks with the nation's best QBR. I'm not disagreeing. I don't stats, know. I'm not disagreeing that his stats aren't incredible. He's he's had incredible stats this year. Like I have I have absolutely If I'm looking at it based on who the Heisman was last year, right? I believe those numbers are actually better or right there on par with what Caleb Williams did. Throughout the entirety of last season, that was in nine and three USC team or an eight and four USC team who plays a Pac twelve schedule, who lost to the Oregon, lost to Washington. They didn't win any of their big games. You can't just look at it. Football is a team sport. You this can't, is an individual award as well. Like I'm, I understand that. Okay, but. Bo Nix is not single-handedly winning Oregon games. If you're looking at individuality, the guy has a thousand more yards than any other quarterback in football. In terms of passing yards? Total. Oh, total yards, yeah. Total yards with the nation's best QBR. Yep. Two more picks than Bo Nix and one more 
passing TD. How many did he have? To go along with 30, his 36, 36 passing TDs. Yeah. One more passing TD to go along with 10 rushing TDs. That is 11 total TDs. So do I think it's close? Absolutely. It's only, it's only, Bo Nix has five rushing touchdowns. Don't count out Bo's legs. So I'm, 40, counting, I'm counting out Bo's legs. He has five <laughs> rushing touchdowns. On how many yards? Like 150. Okay. Yeah, so we're, <laughs> talking, we're, we're talking two, three, two, three yard inside of the 10 red zone. TDs. Mm. I'm not saying it's not close, but I'm saying I, I'm not going to look at the schedules and go, "Oh, well, Bo Nix got pulled." Poor Bo Nix. I don't. You can't. You can't say, "Damn, he got pulled." He could have had 12 TDs in that game. He didn't. He didn't. And if Dan Lanning cared about having the Heisman winner, he would have left him on the field. They have two different tracks right now, right? Oregon is playing for the college football playoff. The best LSU can do right now is a New Year's Six Bowl. They would not even be in the conversation. They might not make a bowl game if Jaden Daniels was not playing for them. If Bo Nix wasn't playing, I don't think they'd be in conversations at all. Oregon, that is. I don't think they'd be in conversations for anything. They would 100% still be a top 15 team in football. They've got to, they have something that LSU ha- does not, a defense. And I think Dan Lanning's a better coach than Brian Kelly. I wouldn't say that yet. I don't know. It's kind of close. It's close. Brian Kelly has done. You can't. I wouldn't say Dan Lanning is better than Brian Kelly. Uh, Dan Lanning's been a head coach for like two, three years. A year. A year and And a half. And he's about to have a college football playoff team. Brian Kelly's had two of those, three of those. We'll see what Oregon does in the playoff. I guess it matters. And it's going to be close. We'll find out in about two and a half weeks. Got a little off track. Here's our next topic. Chargers finish in last in the AFC West. Not an overreaction. They just lost their best defensive player, probably for the season, in Joey Bosa. I haven't seen any updates about his injuries. Uh, They have one of the worst QBs in football. It looks like Austin Eckler has lost his step indeed, which is... I think you, you said one of the worst QBs in football. I meant to say worst head coaches in football. I have, I've done that several times today. One of the worst head coaches in football in Brandon Staley. Um, I think Austin Eckler has lost his step. I think he's actually hurt the running back market in the sense of this is why they don't pay running backs over the age of like 27, 28, because this is what they look like at 30, 31. He's not playing the same ball. They don't have anything on the outside outside of – Keenan Allen, Quentin Johnson looks like he should have been a seventh-round pick. The kid has no hands, um, and I hate to see it. I, with his size, thought he was going to be a great NFL running back. I thought he got paired with the perfect QB in Justin Herbert. Um, he couldn't he couldn't catch a ball if you sat it in his hands. Um, that's how bad he has been this season, and that defense is not playing like what the names on their jerseys say they're four and six you've now got is that two four and six teams in the AFC West it's only one the Broncos and the Raiders are both five. the Raiders might be five and six Broncos are five and five are the Raiders have the Raiders they've won five games though I think mm-hmm. I think the Chargers still finish out with a pretty tough schedule still got to play Baltimore play I believe the, they got to play the Chiefs again um, so there's two guaranteed losses um, and they, they have nothing. The Chiefs twice, I think. Mm-hmm. They play them one more time. Oh gosh! And they sucks. They play the Broncos. <laughs> they they haven't played the Broncos yet. They play them twice. They have uh, no they, identity. They play the Bills. They have no identity, and they're playing for nothing at this point. They're playing for nothing. Um, I think this is Brandon Staley's last year, and I do not think that is an overreaction. I think we. I think we would all be shocked based on what we thought at the beginning of the season and the potential that the Chargers had. But I don't think it would be – I don't think I would be super surprised at this very point in the season to see them finish last in the West. Two things. Really quickly, just as fast as humanly possible, we'll not touch on this again. I think Jaden Daniels is going to win, but I think <laughs> Bo Nix is the front runner. That's my two cents on it. I didn't say that at first, but Bo Nix is the front runner. Jaden Daniels will win. Anyway, moving on. The Chargers coming in last place – 
is an overreaction simply because of the fact that they are too talented and the Raiders suck. They are they have a better quarterback than the Raiders, which is the most important piece. Saying on the Raiders suck isn't really fair when they've won more games than the Chargers. Do you think the Raiders suck? No. Really? Okay. If the Raiders suck, the Chargers suck. That's fine. I think the Chargers are more talented. I think the Chargers finish off with a tougher schedule. I agree. I think they're more talented, though. Um, I think they have a better quarterback. They're not starting a rookie fifth-round player pick. Um, I just think they have the pieces to be successful. They just haven't put it together, which ends up equaling at some point wins. At some point, somewhere or another, they're going to win a couple games because they're just too talented not to. The talent has meant nothing for that team this season. Four times it's meant something. They have four wins. I mean, it means something. They're, they should be 0-11 with their head coach, realistically. Their head coach is awful. Um, but I think the Raiders are, are, are going to finish off worse than the, than the Chargers. So I'll say not an, an overreaction. but The four wins for the Chargers this season. The Vikings in week three when they were absolutely abysmal. Who's they? The Vikings. In week three, they were okay, yeah. on the third – straight of a four-game slide. The Raiders with Josh McDaniels in week four. That's two of their wins. Um, The Bears in October. And the Jets in a Monday night game. Let's They finish with the Ravens, loss. The Pats, win. The Broncos... Probably a loss. The Raiders, it's a primetime game in Las Vegas. It's a 50-50 game. The Bills, they'll probably beat the Broncos one of the two times because they still got to play them twice. And the Chiefs. The Raiders finish with the Chiefs, so they both got to play them. The Vikings... The Chargers, the Chiefs, the Colts, and the Broncos. So it'll be close because I didn't realize the Raiders still had to play the Chiefs twice, which is two automatic L's. But they could beat the Vikings. They could beat the Chargers. I don't see them. I like them against the Colts, and then we'll see what the Broncos look like in Week 17. I don't think it's going to be by much. I think they'll be split by one game. Whoever ends up being last. I'll say this and then I'll let Joe talk. Um, just, I don't think it's fair to hold, as, as you said 20, 15 minutes ago, I don't think it's fair to hold someone's schedule against them. I don't think that's necessary. Like, oh, their, wins are, of- only, their wins are only the Jets, the Bears, the da 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 Like, yes, I get it. They're not intense, well, compl- super quality wins. It's but- a completely different sentiment. We're talking about an entire team. Right, but it's an NFL team at the end of the day. It's like anybody could beat anybody in the NFL. So I don't know if it's necessarily fair to hold that against them in terms of they've won four games, but they were against shitty opponents. I think I, they can um, beat. I think you, when we're looking at one of those wins coming against a, a bottom three team in the NFL and the Bears and then the Jets who are – Bottom five, no Rodgers. I, I think I'm not holding them against them. I'm giving it to the people watching this at face value that two of their four wins are against bottom five opponents in the NFL. That's just a fact. I'm not holding that, that I'm not holding it against them. I'm saying I'm stating a fact. Two of their wins are against bottom five teams in the NFL, and I don't think they have, at the time of any of their wins, a win against a team that has even been 500. Those are just facts. Not holding it against them. Those are straight data facts. Anyway, what do you think? I'm just going to keep it short because pretty much all the points have been made. The winner of Week 15, Raiders, Chargers, will win third place. The loser will be in fourth. So 50-50. Separated by one game. I, I do agree with that. All right. The Suns super team experiment will fail. 
overreaction. It's been a week and a half. It's been three weeks. I mean, overreaction. They've just been hurt. They've they've played one game together. We haven't even seen it yet. So until we see it, I don't think it's fair to make a move. Um, so that's what everybody said about the Nets, and they ended up playing 22 games as a unit. That's true, but I'm, I will wait until I see this team at least go a season only playing either 10 games together or see them not work together before I say they won't work. So I'm going to say overreaction. Um, I think KD has the want to win again with the Suns. Um, currently, he had kind of, even though we all thought he was snakes and we didn't, we weren't fans of him when he left to go join an already historic Warriors team. His his stock, uh, like as an as far as like his legacy, was really high. After winning those chips, it has steadily decreased every year that he has been a first round, second round exit with some of the craziest super teams we've ever seen. I think D book back on the floor. Just them two could make a run between D Book and KD, um, and then you know we like Jack said we've had one or maybe two games, or Beal or Book must have been hurt in that second game that Beal played in the second game of the season. No, or not the, the second, second game of the general. season. Yeah, just yeah. Beal's only played two games. Yeah, yeah. they have not played a lot. Um, so one, one maybe two games. This team has played together. Um, I think all those players, Book, Beal, and KD, have a little bit different mentality than we saw from Nets Kyrie Irving and Nets James Harden. So until, like Jack said, I'll completely agree, until they either go an, an entire season without pretty much playing together at all or get their ass whooped as a full unit in the playoffs, I'm going to say it's an overreaction. Yeah. I don't think it's going to work out, but it's too soon to say now, so overreaction. This year would be the perfect year for a 12-team playoff, and I'm going to just – I don't comment on most of these. That is not an overreaction. I can. I wish we had the 12-team playoff this year. Yeah, it would make it a lot more interesting and give – because there's, there's going to be so much conversation revolving around Texas, Alabama, Oregon, Washington, Florida State that it's like uh, – even Louisville has like a conversation, and Missouri would get in. Um Penn State would get in. Um, I wouldn't be excited to see Penn State play, but I yeah, do. I, I do understand where you're. But then you you're get your from. group of five. You, Ole Miss. Well, it's one through ten. Tulane, Tulane would get in. Yeah, Tulane would get in over Ole Miss. Penn uh, State, Mizzou, Louisville, Bama, Texas, Oregon, FSU. I think it'd be fun. I, I think just, it would add. Something. Other than it would, add, it would definitely add some really fucking cool matchups. But I think it's unnecessary at the same time. Like I. I Let's let's talk about this next podcast. Let's talk about the twelve team playoff and opinions. Yeah, we'll dive into it I a little bit more. I think it's more necessary next year. I don't think it's as necessary this year. I think it's more necessary next year, and we'll yeah. kind of come up with our points for that and stuff. But I do, I will say that is not an overreaction. That there would be some really exciting, high scoring, fun matchups to see with a twelve team playoff this year. However, I don't think it's as necessary. The conference is staying how they were this year, and we'll dive into that more next episode. We all on the same page there, not an overreaction? Yeah. The last one, I don't even remember what it is. Oh, the Browns' defense can still take that team to the playoffs. Yeah, they've got to jump on everybody else in terms of records. Seven and threes. Yeah, pretty, not, a, pretty not an overreaction. Now, if you would have said can still make them a contender, overreaction. But take them to the playoffs at seven and three already. Not an overreaction the way the AFC is shaken out. They finish with the Broncos, the Rams, the Jags, the Bears, the Texans, the Jets, and the Bengals. Not a hard schedule. Not a hard schedule at all. You're now They'll playing. You're now playing. The Rams are bad. The Jags look like they're getting back on track. The Bears suck. Houston will be a good game. The Jets suck. Jake Browning sucks. So, not a very tough schedule to finish out with. What do you think? I agree. I mean, I don't think – I think they'll be a first-round exit, but I think they're already pretty much a lock to make the wild card. Yeah. Yeah, it's 7-3 and three in, that, in the AFC this year. It's too big of a jump. Yeah. Too many teams would have to finish out with crazy runs that I don't see anybody finishing with this, this year. All right. We are going to finish – 
with our dogs of the week. These are those teams that have maybe had a bad year or are playing a really good team on top of having a bad year. It looks like they're going to get their ass whooped, and Vegas is betting on you to bet the same. But we are going against the grain to make some units, units, units. You are going for the bread with these dogs, and I will let Lance start off this week. I feel really good about this one. From what I've seen, I've watched a couple of their games this season, and they they can show up when they need to. I've got Oregon State plus 13.5 against Oregon in their rivalry game this week. They almost beat Washington last week. They only lost by two. They beat um, they beat Utah. Who? Oregon State? Oregon yeah. State. Yeah. I believe they beat Arizona as well. No, they lost to Arizona. They lost to Arizona. It was one of their three. It's an in-state rivalry, though. Last Oregon, year, Oregon State's State, good. They beat them. Oregon State beat Oregon last year. Oregon State's good. DJ has shown that he can win. He's shown that he can win. He is better at Oregon State than he was at Clemson. Much better. Um, and that defense is actually pretty solid. It's a top 40 defense in football. It'll be the second best defense that Bo Nix has faced all year in rivalry week. There's nothing like it. And I think I think two touchdowns is a lot for a 6 versus 11 matchup. Yeah, Oregon is good, but I don't think Oregon State is that much worse. I'm taking Oregon State plus 13 and a half. All right. I... We'll go next, I guess. Um, I'm taking Texas Tech plus 13 and a half against Texas this week. Texas, other than BYU in their last five, have all been seven point or under wins. They're just not a flashy team. They're not a team built to blow you out. They no longer have Jonathan Brooks. They don't have Jonathan Brooks. It's an in-state rivalry. I believe most years it's a pretty good game. Um, And just... Two touchdowns in an in-state rivalry game with a team who has not blown many people out outside of a really bad BYU team this year. I'm taking Texas Tech plus 13 and a half. Um, mine's pretty simple. Iowa is the number 16 team in the country. Iowa is 9-2. and two. Iowa's defense is top five in the country. Nebraska sucks. Nebraska is horrible. <laughs> Nebraska is ass. Nebra- I don't. I don't know how the hell they're favored by two and a half. Oh, they're the favorite. Nebraska is favorited by two and a half. So, give me Iowa minus two or plus two and a half, and give me the under. I don't know what it is. It could be twelve. Give me the under, dude. If I would have seen that before you did, that would have one hundred percent been mine. Let me make sure I had, I'm right. It's, I had no idea Nebraska was favored. Yeah, Nebraska. Oh, it just moved to one and a half. Don't care. If you, this is coming out Thursday, so I really hope that that line is still there. But if take Iowa money line, Iowa money line. No, I, Iowa plus one and a half. Well, if it's still, I'm saying if it's oh, still yeah, there. Iowa money but, line. If, yeah. but if it shifts and it's more of like an even game or a Nebraska like minus, minus half, half a point. Take the Iowa money line because there is absolutely no reason that Nebraska should be favored in this game. All right. Well, I'm taking my hometown, Georgia Tech, because I'm a student there. We're underdogs by 24 points. But I think we can make it a pretty close 21-point game. <laughs> he's, so just, me, <laughs> he's just hoping for three touchdowns. Yeah, give me, give me Georgia Tech. and the, I think we could realistically lose like 35-7. 35-7? to seven? Yeah. Yeah, that would cover it. And that would cover it. Oh, wait. No, it wouldn't. No, it wouldn't. That's 28. 28. Yeah, the same thing. No, that spread is 24. 35-14. <laughs> to 14, Sure, we'll do that. Georgia Georgia always lets up at least one touchdown, but they're letting up two this time. And yeah, and I, I can see this a game where we jump on Georgia Tech early. It's crew. And it's 28-10 to 10 and a half, and we put up one more touchdown in the second half and, you know, by like, we're trying to get ready for the SEC champ. We don't want no injuries. I could see Kirby pulling everybody before maybe even the third quarter's over. Get the second team some reps before going into the SEC championship. And the game finishing out like 35-13 with a second half field goal somewhere in there for Georgia Tech, which would absolutely hit for Joe and the dogs. So that is the dogs of the week to make you some moolah. 
That is going to finish off the episode for the boys. We appreciate you tuning in again. Hopefully, all of us will be healthy next week. My voice is still pretty raspy. Joe's voice is pretty much gone. Uh, Me and Jack have still been sitting here with the sniffles. Um, (laughs) That right there. So if you've heard that all episode, we do apologize. But we got to keep the show on the road. Um, So hopefully... No sniffling, no coughing, none of that shit next week. But, again, we always appreciate you guys tuning in. We're out every Thursday morning. Check us out on Spotify, Apple, and YouTube to watch or listen to the podcast. TikTok, YouTube Shorts, Facebook, and Instagram to watch all of our games and our trivia. We appreciate you guys. We will see you next week. Peace.